Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of a new passenger experience series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives of different types of users of the airport passenger terminal including business travelers, leisure travelers, airport executives, airport, airline, TSA, and concession staff, and airport consultant staff, to name a few. For more information on this series and the hosts, go back and give the first episode a listen to. Today in the hold room, we have Carlton Braley, Assistant Airport Director of Operations and Facilities at Manchester Boston Regional Airport. He is joined by Laura and Delia. Well, hi, Carl, and welcome to our podcast. For our listeners, would you mind introducing yourself and telling everyone a little bit more about you and your role? My name is Carlton Braley. I'm currently the Assistant Director at Manchester Boston Regional Airport. I'm also the President of the Northeast Chapter of the American Association of Airport Executives. My role here at the airport I am responsible for facilities, regulations, security, all things airfield operations, terminal operations, parking, you name it. Great. Thank you. I was wondering how has the pandemic affected you in general? Our airport was pretty proactive when the pandemic came. I was at a conference in Hawaii called the Issues Conference back in early January 2020. We learned of the pandemic at the Issues Conference, came back to the airport and just looked at what our profile would be. Talked immediately with our janitorial service contractor and on or about January 21st, we spoke to our tenants and said that we were watching. Well, at that time, I think I was chastised in front of everybody thinking, what are, what are we talking about here? This, you know, there's a non-issue. And I said, well, I'm not trying to introduce panic to anyone, but I just wanted everyone to know that we were looking. At that time, we looked at our inventory for hand sanitizers, not knowing if that's what we needed. We bought electrostatic equipment. I felt like we were probably two or three weeks ahead of everybody because of getting with a bunch of individuals back in January. We were approached with companies that provided UV technology for buildings and air handling, and they were offering that type of technology to help us improve the atmosphere within our buildings. And the first thing that I was worried about was how am I going to keep the vehicles clean that are shared? Our snow fighters share vehicles, our firefighters share vehicles, our police department shares vehicles. I asked for a technology, give me that UV technology that I can keep the vehicles infectious disease clean. A company called Honeywell worked with a smaller company called Team Eagle, and they developed a clean ride, I think is what they call it, or yeah, clean ride, which is UV technology that we put in our vehicles. We were working in pods. We did A and B teams. We did everything that everyone else was doing to try to keep our people safe, knowing that some people had to come to work every day. 
You couldn't work from home and inspect a runway. You couldn't fix airfield lights from your house. You couldn't drive a fire truck from your house. So we knew that we had to put people together. What we did is we created partnerships. The same two or three people would work together, work the same shift, take the same breaks, operate the same vehicles. So that kept the pandemic from taking over our airport. We never had an outbreak at the airport. We had people that work at the airport get exposed, but it came from someplace other than the airport. And those that were positive or did contract the illness, it came from somewhere other than than the airport. We have recently all brought back to work maybe May 1st and earlier, and we are out of the pod working, everybody's back working together, but still six foot distancing, still wearing masks because it's a obligation that we have with TSA, plexiglass is still up. Everything that was put in place is still in place. We became aware of this accreditation program called GBAC. We jumped on that so we could tell people, hey, come to the airport, we're GBAC certified, meaning we're clean. We've got these policies, procedures, and protocols in place to ensure that we're combating this infectious disease. Manchester Airport was one of the first airports to be GBAC certified. We had to be inspected. We had to set up certain protocols. We had to show proof that we were doing our due diligence to keep infectious disease out of the building to a standard. I think the standard comes from ISSI. So that's kind of been our response to the pandemic. Our filtering, our HVAC systems were already at the highest level. Our cleaning sanitation program improved. We bought different types of electrostatic equipment. I think that's been it. I think that's the biggest part of our response to this point. It certainly sounds like you guys have really taken that agile approach to developing that clean ride system, the employee pod system that you guys implemented, and then getting that certification. Those three things were tremendous innovations that you guys implemented at your airport. What are some of the lessons learned that you might want to provide to the listeners? Because I'm sure it wasn't smooth sailing. The first thing we learned was ensure that all your emergency procedures were current. We have a standard at the airport that we need a review date of all of our emergency procedures or an updated date no older than five years, meaning we've reviewed all of our emergency procedures at least within the last five years, most often sooner. We had an emergency response to infectious disease plan that we wrote back in the SARS days. We had a continuity of operation plan that was only reviewed maybe six or eight months prior to the pandemic. So having those emergency plans up to date and current allowed us to add an attachment to the continuity of operation plan. We stood up our incident command system. That was very helpful for record keeping and communication with all the uh, stakeholders at the airport. We had an incident commander, an operations chief, in logistics and everything else that you would find in the incident command system, but we added one. We added a recovery chief. So as we were putting up barriers or as we were shutting down systems, as we were closing down portions of our building, the recovery chief had to begin putting the plan together to go back to work or to take these barriers or to 
start these systems back up. So if we shut down half of the terminal because we were down to one-tenth of our passenger load, that recovery chief sole responsibility was, all right, what are we going to have to do to bring it back up? So that enabled us to flex and be dynamic with minimal issues as we were turning systems back on. So I think that recovery chief position was very important to our ICS organization for the pandemic. Do you see that recovery chief position staying within the ICS or that role evolving after the pandemic? So I think it's going to stay. I learned of that position by reading and reviewing the after action report for the Fort Lauderdale active shooter they would implement a recovery chief as part of their program because of the impact that event had and how long it took to recover. So it was just something that we pulled out of their after action report, put it into our ICS plan, and it became invaluable. So yes, I could see that position being in the EOC for any event moving forward. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like a lot of things have changed then at the airport. Are there any changes that you think will go away? Any that that are sticking around? Anything you're excited about either that you've already implemented or that you think will be implemented in the near future? When the pandemic began, we immediately had to go back to our experience and use what we learned from 9-11. And what we learned from 9-11 was there's never a post-9-11. The security systems, everything that we stood up, 99% of that is still in place. We're still implementing communication upgrades. That's just coming through the door today. That's post 9-11. That's still 9-11 recommendations that are coming through. So we looked at the pandemic through the history of 9-11 as sanitation is now going to be the new security. So it's going to be safety, security, sanitized. And what we're putting up in place would probably not go away. What may go away is mask. Eventually, we'll be able to be in a terminal without wearing a mask. We're humans. We're supposed to look at each other's faces. That's how we communicate. Social distancing might not go away. Or the size of areas might be increased. That might not go away. UV technology in your air handling system installed because of the pandemic makes sense forever, right? If we can keep our air clean, that's going to stay. And the values that we learned, the HIPAA filters, 10 times the air exchange in a facility, that in all likelihood will stay in place. Hand sanitizing, touchless environment in an airport from curb to cabin without having to touch anything is going to stay in place. There's going to be other illnesses. So I think like security was for 9-11 and all the security improvements that were put in place for 9-11, I see a lot of our cleaning and disinfecting and pandemic infectious disease control measures staying in place. Our janitors went from janitors to being pandemic warriors. We've given them so many tools. We've changed their attire. Pre-pandemic, janitors wore black on black because it didn't show the dirt and the stains. Now they're wearing white lab coats because we want them to look like what they are. They're keeping us alive. They're sanitizing our facility and making sure we're clean. We used to hide our janitors. They would come to the departure lounge after the departure left. 
Now we want them just leaving the departure lounge as the next group to depart or arriving at those departure lounge. We want them just finishing up wiping down the facility so our passengers or customers see that they're going into a spotless and a sanitized environment. So we want them to be seen. We don't want to hide them anymore. We want them to be part of the community in the in the terminal. So I think that stays. I love how you were talking about like sanitation is the new security, comparing the experience between 9-11, where we were before and where we are now with the pandemic, and then how janitors are like the pandemic warriors and that's gold in there. That's so good, sanitation warrior, because truly they're the ones at the front lines and they're involved in every step of the way. They're the ones that you see. So listen, we, we had to cut dollars. Every airport in the world had to find a way before stimulus money came out. We promised ourselves and we made this promise with the janitorial contractor that we would not cut them. We shrunk our terminal in half and we didn't reduce our contract at all with the janitorial service. We actually gave them more work. So we kept their staff whole and in some cases increased it. They took over cleaning the fire station, the operations center, the EOC, the communication center. We added all that to them as part of their contract and responsibility because we felt it was, they were the last people in the war against this pandemic that you should cut. They're the people who are actually physically killing the germs within our facility. So why would we ever think of reducing that stuff? Well, it also sends a really good economic message for the region as well. You're not cutting jobs. Switching gears a little bit on the general aviation side, how has the general aviation corporate business operational side been at your airport? I would say the first couple of months, everybody was in lockdown mode. And so all aspects, except for cargo, all aspects of air travel was impacted. And then we saw that the corporate side of things, if you could afford that corporate flight, if you still needed to do business and required to fly and you could do it on a private aircraft, that became quite popular for a while. But obviously you had to have the revenue or the means to do that. And then New Hampshire is a coastal state. We have the White Mountains, thousands of lakes in our state. So we became a very popular place to live. And when business folks learned that they could work from home and their home could be anywhere, why not have a nice home in New Hampshire on a lake? And our housing has been crazy. You can't even buy a house. And with that, that corporate side of aviation grew. We've had some pretty good numbers lately. Well, if there's one improvement that you think you would want to make as people start traveling again, what might that be? I think awareness. Unfortunately, our industry was pointed at and said, don't do that, right? When the pandemic started, traveling on an airplane, traveling anywhere, right? We were told to stay home. Don't cross the border of the state. Stay in your own county and do not fly. Do not go on that airplane. So months of negative directions from congressional leaders, governors, mayors, the president, you know, you you name it. Everybody looked at us as taboo. And yet there really hasn't been an outbreak because of airports or airlines or air travel. We haven't been the bad guy. But for 14 to 16 months, 
this industry has been taboo. You shouldn't get on an airplane. Are you kidding me? You let alone go to your family. Somebody's got to come back in that same energy and stopping people from flying needs to be given to get people to fly again. I think if there was one improvement that this industry can do is find a way to self-promote. So then from that perspective, what does a positive passenger experience mean to you? Right up front, we wanted to convey it's safe, it's sterile, or people are following CDC guidelines. We're sticking to the rules right from the start. We're opening our doors. We want it to be as touch-free as possible, but it is safe. That was the message. Come to the airport. It's clean. It's sanitized. We've trained people to fight this pandemic. We put any technology that was available to us. We went and got it for you. We took seats out of airplanes. We've done everything we possibly to do so you, the traveler, are safe. So we want them to feel that experience. Not every airport can do that because demand came back. But we want the passenger experience to be like it was post 9-11. It's secure. Don't be afraid. We've got you. It's our role, our responsibility to make sure air travel is safe and we're doing it again. We've put all that in there so you do not catch the pandemic while traveling through this airport on a GBAC certified airline, going to another GBAC certified airport and go, please go travel, use us. Well, thank you very much for that insight and feedback. It's been a really interesting conversation. Thanks for joining us in the Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the dash hold dash room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.